Well, it's about time. It is about time. I have been waiting on you guys. I say it every week, but I mean it. I'll be thinking about you and you and you and you. I'll be thinking about all of you guys, and I pray for y'all. I say, God, I, I just want to pray for everybody that you have allowed me to touch, everybody that you are seen as strong because of the messages that you are delivering. It's not about me, God. I want to be invisible to make you visible. I'm just a vessel, nothing special. Touch the hearts of your people. Listen, I am so excited um, for this brand new series that we are starting tonight and everything that we have planned for you coming the 2021 calendar year. I can't believe we're on the last month of this year. It feels like we've been in 2020 for five years. Am I the only one <laughs> that feels like that? Like it's been a long year. Um, on tonight, I'm excited. We're starting a brand new series and I just want to get to work. I firmly believe this message is going to bless your life and your soul. So let's get to work. Um, the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24. We're gonna read just a few passages of scripture. Luke chapter 24, verse 44 says, then he said to them, speaking of Jesus, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Our clause of concern and what is going to be the launching pad of this new brand new series that we are launching on tonight just for the month of December takes residence in the halfway mark of verse 49 where it says, but Terry, can I get somebody to drop in the room? Wait on it. Wait on it. Wait on it. That is the word that we don't like to hear. Wait on it. Everybody loves open doors, but nobody loves hallways. <laughs> I know that you want God to give you an open door, but what do you do when God gives you a hallway? I know that you want God to give you an open door, but what do you do when he gives you a lobby? I know that you want God to give you an open door, but what do you do when he gives you a waiting room? Terry, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Here's a question I have for you. What do you do when God puts your faith in the gym? What do you do when God puts your faith 
in the gym. And he didn't consult you and ask you what gym you would like to go to. He didn't consult you about who would be your personal trainer and what would be your personal trainer to help you grow and develop in your faith. He didn't consult you about what membership plan that you're going to get. He didn't consult you about your workout time. Rather, if you're going to have a morning workout session, a midday workout session, or an evening session, he didn't even consult you about the contract. God just placed you and God just placed I in a situation and in a season where our faith has to get some muscle. Oh, and I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I believe for a lot of us, 2020 has put our faith in a gym. It has put our faith in a gym because it's one thing to have professed faith. It's another thing to have tested faith. It's one thing to have professed faith. It's another thing to have long faith. And I believe 2020 has affected all of us in a different way. But I think the quintessential question, the question on the floor is, has this year revealed to you, do you have just professing faith or do you have long faith? Because I've discovered faith is not just what you believe. This year has taught me faith is also how long can you believe it? Did y'all hear what I just said? It, it, it's not just what you can believe, but how long can you believe it? Can you still believe in the midst of a pandemic? Can you still believe when your job is uncertain? Can you still believe when your marriage is uncertain? Can you still believe when your financial income is still uncertain? Can you still believe? And what do you do when your place of power, Jerusalem, is also a place of discomfort? Jerusalem. And I wonder, is there anybody on tonight that God has placed your faith in a gym? God, you're awesome. Many times, God, we don't understand why things happen. We don't understand why. If I just be honest, God, why you allow things. But God, we trust you. And for those of us who are watching this message on tonight who struggle with trusting you, we, we just ask you to increase our faith. Help us learn the regiment in the spiritual gym to give our faith some muscles so that we can be your representatives. And just because it's difficult, we don't give up. You're the type of God where if we throw in the towel, you're just going to throw a white back. This is not meant for quitting. This is meant to just wipe your sweat. We honor you, God, and as my typical request, anoint me as your oracle, the PA system, the soundtrack of heaven. It is so. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with their prayer, would you drop amen in the room? Amen. Terry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Tonight we are starting a brand new series just for the month of December and I believe this particular series has been customized by heaven. I believe it is everybody can be touched by it. We're starting a brand new series entitled Dear 2020. <laughs> Dear 2020. And I know this, this, this may not be for everyone, but is there anybody watching this message on tonight? And you're just honest enough to say, you know what, Jay, it feels like 2020 tried to break me. Is there anybody watching this message that you're like, you know what, this year, 2020 tried to break me. It came out with jabs. It came out with uppercuts. It came out with hooks. It came out with combinations. It came out with haymakers. It was trying to knock me 
out. And for others of us, we came into this 2020 calendar year with a little wordplay on the word 2020, saying this is the year of vision, and this is the year I get my focus back, and this is the year I get my clarity back, and this is the year I get focused. You got focused. <laughs> it helped realign our focus. It helped us to focus on what really matters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your focus, it just didn't happen the way that you thought that it would help you to be able to focus. And then for others of us watching this message on tonight, 2020 was a wonderful year for you. You got married this year, engaged this year, had a baby this year, got promoted this year. Your entrepreneurial pursuit finally took off. You met the Lord this year. You got saved this year. You discovered this ministry this year. You came to Christ this year. This has been an absolutely fantastic year for you. But if we be honest, for a lot of us in the world, 2020 has been rough. It has been rough. And the scriptures tell us, listen, I need you to rejoice with those that rejoice, but then also mourn with those who mourn. Somebody lost their mom this year, and that was difficult. Somebody lost their father, a brother, a sister, a friend, a cousin, an uncle. Somebody lost somebody this year. And that has been difficult. Somebody watching this message on tonight, you lost a loved one due to COVID this year. And that has been difficult. A job this year, a financial foundation this year, and even in our relationships. See, some of us, the very relationships that we thought were solid, folded. <laughs> Listen. Listen, I'm here with you. I'm right there with you. Some of the relationships I thought were solid, Folded in 2020. And listen, whoever you have on December the 31st of this calendar year is probably a real one. It's probably a real one because you really don't know the depths of your relationship unless you have had disagreements, difficulty, or adversity. I need to say that again. You really don't know the foundation of your relationship unless you have had disagreements, difficulties and adversity because the foundation of every relationship will be revealed when you guys disagree and the foundation of every relationship will be revealed when you experience a difficult time and you really don't know a person unless you have had some adversity please listen not only has the 2020 calendar year been filled with blessings and difficulties it has also been a year of exposing hearts this has been a year of exposing hearts, exposing undercover racists, and I'm talking about in the church. <laughs> in the church. This year has exposed that there are really some pastors who believe that one race is more superior than the other. It's not about the blood. It's about what you think is more powerful. We would not have known the cowardly from the bold if it wasn't for that protest, if it wasn't for that injustice, if it wasn't for that march, if it wasn't for that rally, y'all not talking to me? Am I glad that it happened? No, absolutely not. That hurt. But I'm just, I've just arrived to this place. Y'all got to excuse me, but I've just arrived to this place in my manhood and in my ministry tenure. I'd rather be slapped about the truth than kissed with a lie. Because sometimes storms show up in your life not to just expose what's in you, but sometimes storms show up in your life to expose what's in those around you. 
That part though, sometimes storms show up in your life not to just expose what's in you, but to expose what's in those around you because you really would not have known the loyal from the fake. You really would not have known the loyal from the fake if you didn't go through this storm because sometimes storms reveal the people that you thought were really loyal are really fake and the people that you thought are fake are really loyal. Storms just have a way of revealing those who are assigned to you versus those who are attached to you. Preach Holy Spirit. Those who are assigned to you, they help you complete tasks. But those who are attached to you want to benefit from the task that you have completed. But you wouldn't know who's assigned versus who's attached if you didn't go through this storm. If you didn't go through this storm, this year, wildfires and injustice and racism and heartbreaks and Kobe Bryant and everybody who else was on the helicopter and COVID-19 layoffs and Black Panther and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and so many more. This year for many of us has been a year that has tried to take us out, but I came here on tonight to encourage somebody that he is still the same God. He's still the same God. Even in the midst of a pandemic, you have not recognized that the most essential worker that can get us through every pandemic is Yahweh. He's still the same God that will never leave you nor forsake you. He's still the same God who is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Sometimes we're in situations and we don't know the how, we don't know the what, we don't know the when, but if I can get you to know the who. Did you hear what I just said? I may not know the why, I may not know the how, I may not know the when, but if I can get you to know the who, if I can get you to know who will never leave you nor forsake you, if I can get you to know the alpha and the omega, if I can get us to understand that you still have some fight left. Can I get everybody to drop this in the room? I still have some fight left. I can't be stopped. Come on, speak that over your life. I still got some fight left. I won't be stopped. Heartbreak tried to break me, but I can't be stopped. Discouragement tried to break me, but I can't be stopped. Betrayal tried to break me, but I can't be stopped. Crisis tried to break me, but I can't be stopped. I'm going to walk into every kingdom door that God has for me. Recovery season is over. It is time to advance. Advance in my faith. Advance in my clarity. Advance in my purity. Advance in my mind. No more recovery. It is time to advance. Does anybody receive that on tonight? It is time to advance. Isn't it funny that the same signal for hello is also the same signal for goodbye? I'm saying hello to peace and I'm saying goodbye to insomnia. I'm saying hello to joy and I'm saying goodbye to chaos. I won't and I can't be stopped. What do you do? What do you do when God places your faith in the gym? Church family, oh how our world has changed in just one year. <laughs> A year ago, if you were to go to the store and hear somebody sneeze, a plethora of people would simply say, God bless you. A year later, if you go to the store and you sneeze right now, people are going to look at you irritated. They're going to feel insulted. They're going to feel straight disrespected. And you might be blessed if you get somebody to tell you, God bless you. Oh, how our world has changed in just one year.
A year ago, when your throat was kind of scratchy and your nose was running, you knew it was just your allergies. A year later, when your throat is kind of scratchy and your nose is running, you're wondering, oh God, do I have COVID? Oh, how our world has changed in just one year. A year ago, depending on your faith journey, you possibly were in church. Now you have to watch online. You possibly were in church, lifting your hands, singing a worship song about how you trust Jesus. Oh, but a year later, you're watching online. The statement of you really trusting Jesus is being tested. Oh, how our world has changed in just one year. A year ago, you could go to the grocery store and get as many boxes of toilet paper as you wanted. But a year later, depending on where you are in the world, if you go to a store right now, you can still only get one box, like one package of toilet paper. And I still don't know. I still don't know. Why was everybody buying up toilet paper? Y'all got me preaching high pitch. Why was everybody buying toilet paper? Does anybody know? Does anybody know? If you know... Just drop it in the room, and after the sermon, I'm going to read it. <laughs> Educate me. Inform me. I still don't know why everybody was buying toilet paper. Oh, how our world has changed in just one year. And the question I have for you is, what has the gym of 2020 showed you about your faith? See, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Look at this. Look at this. It says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. OK, I kind of touched on this before, but I, I, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper. The puzzling part in this text is not when Jesus says strengthen your brother. I get that. I understand that. Iron sharpens iron. You increase my roar, I increase your roar. You got my back, I got your back. You push me into spiritual maturity, I push you into spiritual maturity. If we gonna fight, we gonna fight together to win. We gonna fight for our marriages, we gonna fight for our purity, because we're not okay with losing. The problem with hanging around losers is that they'll convince you that losing is okay. But we're going to fight. I'm talking about a real one. Can I get somebody to say a real one? A real one. You know it's real when you win and they celebrate like they won. That's, that's, that's when it's real. I'm talking about a real one that when you hurt, they hurt. When you hurt, they hurt. They may even cry with you because y'all are so close that they feel what you feel. I'm talking about a real one where they have your back behind your back. They have your back behind your back because they understand that loyalty should not require their presence. They understand that loyalty should not require your presence. I'm going to cover you behind your back and I'm going to cover you to your face. A real one. A real one. When you have a friend, if you have one, if you just have one friend like this, if you just have one friend like this in this lifetime, you blessed. If you got two, my brother or my sister, you are wealthy. Because <laughs> to find a friend like that is rare. I'm talking about a friend where if somebody don't like you and they mean mugging you, you got to check them because they'll be mean mugging them back. Like what? No, keep me bug, boy. Like they'll have your back too. And you have to tell them like, calm down. That's not Christ-like. We, we, we good. We good. We Gucci. I'm talking about one that's likened unto being a spiritual spotter. They won't allow the weights of life to crush you. 
They're going to help push the weight off of you. I'm talking about one that when you're discouraged, they'll motivate you. When you don't feel like you can make it, they will tell you that you can make it and God didn't cosmically create for you to quit. They're going to push you, they're going to motivate you, and they'll also check you because they won't allow your chaos to become their entertainment. They won't watch you and take your issue to the gossip committee. They're going to confront you about the issue and they're going to take your issue to their prayer closet. I'm talking about a real one. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you to sift you as wheat but i have prayed for you that your faith would not fail and when you have returned to me encourage and strengthen your brother that that's not the part that bothers me I, i'm not even troubled over the part where he says satan has asked for you because one of the signs that your birth was a problem one of the signs that your very existence is a threat and one of the indicators that you waking up every single morning causes for fear, worry, and concern to strike the camp of hell, it is, it is revealed by continual enemy contact. <laughs> continual enemy contact. Oh, if you want to know of your kingdom, if you want to know that you're making a difference, if you want to know that you're in purpose, it is always revealed by the consistent persistent and relentless attacks and distractions sent by hell. In other words, when you live a life that gets on hell's nerves, hell tries to get on yours. This is an epiphany moment for somebody. See, some of us can't even relate to what I'm talking about because it is our choices that keep leading us into seasons. It, it, it is our decisions that keep spawning our seasons. Because yes, the Bible does say that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. We just have to make sure that we're not the weapon formed against ourselves, keeping ourselves from prospering. I'm not talking about your decisions. I'm not talking about a choice. I'm talking about seemingly random attacks. When it's a choice, we could trace it back to something we did. Yeah, we could trace it back to something we did. When it's an assault, we don't know what's going on. Children acting crazy and parents acting crazy and job acting crazy and boss acting crazy and someone broke into your car and financial surprise after financial surprise, not due to mismanagement, but due to an assault. It is wave after wave and hit after hit and trial after trial because hell is mad because it just lost one. Can I get somebody to put that in the room? Hell lost one. And it's trying to do everything it can to make your life difficult. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. The problem when hell attacks you and when hell attacks me is it just attacked a worshiper. Oh, are there any worshipers watching this message on tonight? There's a problem when hell attacks you because it just attacks a worshiper. And we know how to fight. Worshippers know how to fight because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Why y'all have me preaching like this? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We know how to fight. The best way we fight is on our knees. The best way we fight is on our face because we recognize that worship shifts our focus from the problem to the problem solver. Did y'all hear what I just said? Worship shifts our focus from the problem to the problem solver. I feel like preaching. It's dangerous preaching like that because hell cannot stand a hard-headed, sold-out, radical, won't-stop, through-it-all worshiper. 
Through it all worshiper. A through it all worshiper is like, God, I don't understand it, but I'm still going to worship you. Yes, this is uncomfortable, but I'm still going to worship you. It's not easy, but I'm still going to worship. They lied on me. I'm still going to worship. They laid me off. I'm still going to worship. I had to go through a pandemic. I'm still going to worship. It's very uncomfortable right now, but I'm still going to worship. Spouse walked out on me. I'm still going to worship. Children talking about me. I'm still going to worship. Children haven't come to Christ. I'm still going to worship. I worship you not because of how I feel but because of who you are and for my brothers watching this worship is not a feminine attribute y'all got me fired up sweating and all worship is not a feminine attribute it is one of the most masculine things a man could do there is power when the leader knows how to kneel before God there is power when the leader knows how to surrender to God through it all worshiper I may not like it but I'm still gonna worship can I get somebody to drop in the room I'm a through it all worshiper all caps I'm a through it all worshiper through it all it may be uncomfortable but through it all I'm gonna worship it doesn't bother me in the text when he says, Simon, Satan has asked for you. That doesn't bother me. I'm not even troubled over the fact that he says, strengthen your brother. The part that bothers me about this particular verse in the Bible is Jesus' response. He says, uh, Simon, Satan has asked for you to sift you as wheat. Sift means to shake, to shake. Satan has asked to shake you up, but I pray for you. Pause. I'm going to get real. I'm going to get real. Okay, pause. Is there anybody else like Jerry who would have been like, Jesus, hold on. Uh, Master, holy one, rabbi, good teacher. I value your prayers. Lord, you know I do. But on this one, I don't need you just to pray for me, God. I need you to stop it. Am I the only one? <laughs> Am I the only one? I'm trying to be real. Jesus, don't just pray for me. Stop this. Block this. Reroute this. Cancel it. Push it back. Send it to somebody else. Don't send it towards me. What do you do when God doesn't stop it, but he allows it? <sighs> what, what, what do you do? When God says, I'm not going to stop what you're going through. I'm just praying that your faith won't fail. You're going to go through a pandemic. During this 2020 year, you're going to experience some very testing times. But my prayer is that your faith would not fail. This this is messing me up because, see, listen, listen, I, I want us to understand this. This may not be a global issue, but I know for he, here in America and Western Hemisphere Christianity, we have had a lot of sugar-coated, prophesiers, bishops, pastors, evangelists, you name it. A lot of titles who have been preaching to us. For centuries, y'all, I've been on this for years. I've been, I've been trying to preach this. They have been preaching to us. It's your season. It's your time. Your breakthrough is on the way. Your miracle is on the way. God is going to shut the mouth of the lion. And we have been motivated to death. We have been motivated and we have been inspired to death. And I think for 2020, a lot of us, 2020 has revealed... My faith doesn't have any muscles. 
I, I don't really know how to lift disappointment. My faith isn't strong enough to, to lift suffering. My, my faith hasn't been trained to lift hardship. I haven't been trained to lift persecution and, and, and setback. I think 2020 has exposed a lot of us to the reality, your faith is out of shape because we've been attending churches who give us sweets. <sighs> now it's getting heavy. We have been attending churches who give us sweets. And like I said on Sunday, I've recognized that I cannot have lukewarm faith to get me through a hellish season. And I need some depth. And here's the issue. Here's the issue. If we only preach about he is the God that knows how to shut the mouth of the lion. If we only preach that, but we do not preach, he's also the God that will let you spend the night in a lion's den. Okay? Now it changes the message. Because we've been taught, we've been taught he shuts the mouth of the lion. He shuts the mouth of the lion. But I need to be taught, what do I do when God lets me go in the lion's den? And I don't know that he's going to shut the mouth of the lion. We've been taught and preached to, you're going to come out of this without smelling like smoke. But what do you do when God lets you be thrown in the fire? And if we don't have real honest discussions like this, when it gets hot and it gets difficult, we'll have more and more people leave the faith. This is so good, y'all. This is so good. We are, we're taught, we're taught that God raised Lazarus from the dead. That's true. But I also need sermons and I need biblical content to help me, to help me get through when I'm crying out to Jesus to help this from dying, but he lets Lazarus die anyway. And see, a lot of us, we need to stop feeling guilty. Listen, listen, guilt does not come from God. Guilt does not come from God. You know what? Matter of fact, I'm going to unpack some things because this 2020 calendar year, it is a year that a lot of us are feeling guilty over stuff that we shouldn't. So I'm going to give you a list. Okay. Number one, I want us to stop feeling guilty because we have been overwhelmed by pressure. We have been overwhelmed by pressure. Let me change your perspective. Pressure is a gift. Pressure is a gift. It exposes an area in the manual we skipped or we haven't been taught. Okay, so my wife asked me to put together this bookshelf. I look at the picture. I'm looking at the picture and I'm putting this bookshelf together. In about 10 minutes, I'm finished. As we begin to put some books on it and put some movies on it, the shelf started to get a little wobbly wobble, right? Nothing to be made much of. But over time, that wobbly wobble became more of a lean with it. <laughs> rock with it. Uh, it started to lean and rock. And what that exposed, the pressure exposed, I didn't read the manual. <sighs> See, if I would have read the manual, I would have saw at step five, you're supposed to apply screws right here. If I would have read the manual, I would, I would have saw it's step six. You're supposed to put some washers right here. I'm sitting here. Y'all don't judge me. But I put this whole bookshelf together and I have a package still of extra screws, extra washers. And I'm not thinking nothing of it. Why? Because it looks like the picture. And a lot of us have been looking at what people post as Christianity. 
We've been looking at what people have posted as faith. And when you actually have to go through a pandemic, pressure exposes there's a step that you missed. Or it exposes, I need to be taught in this area. Which is why some of us have started to become more hungry for podcasts or sermons or watching myself because I need something that's going to help me with my wobble. I need something that's going to help me in the leaning and rock area of my lust. I don't need just hype. I need some handles. So number one, stop feeling guilty because you're overwhelmed by pressure. Pressure is a gift. It exposes an area where the manual has not been applied. Number two, we have to stop feeling guilty for loneliness. See, when God reveals something, it's not always to rebuke. It's to teach. It's not always to rebuke. It's to teach because I can't rebuke you in an area that you have not been taught or trained, which is why this year I tried to teach, okay, the cure for loneliness is not company. That, that's why that relationship turned out like that. Some of your loneliest people are married. The cure for loneliness is calling. Second thing, I was like, okay, you got to understand maybe you're struggling with loneliness because some of us, we were lonely before the pandemic. The pandemic just added weight to that. So I have to be taught that, okay, sometimes your loneliness is due to a violation of the Sabbath principle. All you do is work, 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 grind, grind, hustle, hustle, work, work. And then when something like a pandemic happens or a stay-at-home order happens, it causes for you to sit in your living room and your loneliness comes in, leans against the wall and says, I'm still here. You can't outwork me. Listen, health in the totality of your soul is not just applying spiritual nutrition. It's also health in the area of your recreation. I have to rest and I also have to have recreational activity. Maybe this is why you're lonely. Maybe you're lonely due to an unaddressed childhood wound. You grew up in a house where they were not affectionate. They didn't really give out hugs. They were really standoff-ish. And that caused for you to take the road of a loner. So you don't really know how to do relationships well. You really don't know how to do community well. You don't really talk to people. You don't really vent and open up because this is how I was raised. And to be honest, sometimes what we're calling loneliness is really self-imposed isolation. Because I just don't do people. Not always because I've been hurt, but because of my upbringing. And then I address, listen, sometimes we're lonely due to gifts that we allow to go to sleep. And if you were to work that gift, if you were to play that guitar, if you were to play that saxophone, if you were to write those notes, write those songs, write that book, if you were to vlog, if you were to use your gift, maybe that would cure you, cure you of your loneliness. But... If you don't know that, you won't know how to apply it. Third thing I want us to stop feeling guilty for is the fact that you didn't know. You didn't know. Your mistakes don't reduce your value. Okay? So look, right here, we have a dirty, a dirty $20 bill. Does anybody want it? It got dirt and stuff all on it. Do you still want it? All right, let's ball it up. Let's, let's ball it up. Do you still want it? It's all crushed up. I'm really, I'm trying to beat it. It's all wrinkled. And look, it's went through something. It's gone through something. It's been crushed. But do you still want this? 
$20 bill. Even though it's dirt stained and it's not as crispy as it once was, it even has little rips and tears, do you still want it? Yes, you do. Why? Because regardless of everything it went through, it never lost its value. And a lot of times, we're so hard on ourselves, but you didn't know. And I'm trying to encourage us to understand you are not your mistake. Yes, you did it, but you are not it. Stop feeling guilty over what you didn't know. The fourth thing, I want us to stop feeling guilty because we outgrew people. A lot of relationships folded this year. And it's okay. We have to understand, like I said before, never feel guilty over severing a connection when it was God who handed you the scissors. When you are really growing, certain things stop fitting. When you are really growing, certain things stop fitting. That's not just clothes. That's also people. Stop feeling guilty for outgrowing people. Number five, don't feel guilty for your oil. I will not apologize if my wings offend you. Stop feeling guilty for your oil. And number six, this is a big one. Stop feeling guilty if you can't contribute. 2020 has been a year. It has been a year. You may not be able to buy everybody gifts this year. That's okay. It's just a season. It's just a season. This is not your lifelong testament. This is just a season. And first of all, it's never about what's under the tree anyway. It's about who hung on a tree. Stop feeling guilty because you can't contribute. I wonder how the church and our world would look if it was less about looking like we had it together and more about working together. I wonder how the world and how the church would look. I wonder how the world and how the church would be if we stopped acting like we had it all together, but we actually carried out togetherness. What do you do when God puts your faith in a gym? And anytime God puts your faith in a gym, it's not to punish you, it's to graduate you. Jesus is telling his disciples, listen, I know you got passion. I know you got zeal. I know you're kind of tripping because just a few days ago, you saw me bloody hanging on a tree. And now you're standing right before me as the resurrected king. And you're ready to tell the whole world about it. You're ready to preach about it. You're ready to announce it. I know that you got gifts. I know that you could preach. You've been in the best seminary the last three years walking with me. But for what I'm about to do in the earth, y'all hear me. For what I'm about to do in the earth, for what I'm about to do in your life, for what I'm about to do in your ministry, for what I'm about to do in your singleness, for what I'm about to do in your marriage, my sister and my brother, you gonna need some power. So I need you to tarry in Jerusalem. <laughs> I need you to tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And this is an issue because there is a level of next level power that hangs in the balance. There is a next level power that we all have been given access to. But since going higher requires more, there it is. Since going higher requires more prayer, requires more discipline, requires more faith. For many people, we rather be content with being saved but powerless. 
And that's just what the enemy wants. He doesn't care about our profession. He just doesn't want us to have power. He doesn't care that we're active. He just doesn't want us to be effective because that's when we have power. He doesn't care that you heard of Jesus. He's heard of Jesus too. He just doesn't want you to walk like Jesus and talk like Jesus and act like Jesus because that's when you're going to have some power. He doesn't care that you know the Bible. He knows the Bible too. He just doesn't want you to apply what you know because if you do that, that's when you're going to have some power. It's about the power that God is trying to extend our way. Listen, Jerusalem in that day, it had 2020 vibes. <laughs> when he said, go tarry in Jerusalem, Jerusalem in that day, it had 2020 vibes. There was hatred, crooked politicians, injustice, racism, death all around, murder. It was a hard place. And Jesus is saying, I want y'all to go back to the place. I want y'all to go back to the place that opposes your message. I want you to go back to the place where it's hot. I want you to go to the place where they just killed me. I want you to go to the place where we have crooked heresy, where we have crooked Pharisees and crooked Sadducees and crooked chief priests. I want us to, I want you to go back to the place where it's difficult because that's going to be your power place. Oh, how it seems God always marries our heart place with our power place. It's like he just likes putting us in Red Sea situations. It's like he just likes putting us before Pharaoh. It's like he just likes putting us in situations that seem difficult. But if he didn't allow us to be thrown in the fire. See, listen, 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 you got to get this. If you don't get this, you miss the whole point of this message. If God does not allow you to be thrown in the fire, you'll never discover him as the fourth man in the fire with you. Did y'all hear what I just said? If God doesn't allow you to be thrown in the fire, you'll never discover him as the fourth man in the fire with you. What if this is not just a fireplace, but it is a meeting place? What if this is not just a hard place, but this is a meeting place? This year is a place where I'm going to grow you up in me. This year is a year you become spiritually mature. This year is a year you know me intimately. This is a year where you have to stop faking and you have a real relationship with me I want you to tarry in a hard place because that's the place of your power I believe this is why the coming of the Holy Spirit happened in the upper room and not the lower I believe this is why nine stayed in the valley but three came at the top of the Mount Transfiguration with Jesus it's because valley people can't handle mountaintop climates preach Holy Ghost I have to condition your strength for the mountain. I have to condition your strength and your faith for what I'm about to do in the earth. And a lot of us, a lot of us have been misjudging it. You're calling it a hard place. I'm trying to get you to change your perspective, change your perspective, change your perspective. It's not just a hard place. It's a power place. We think that this is just a hellish place, a hellish season. I'm trying to get you to change your perspective. It's, it's not a fireplace. It's a meeting place because there's a certain level of faith you get once you've been in the fire. There's a certain level of preach you get once you've been in the fire. There's a certain level of confidence you get once you've been in the fire. And what if God put us in fiery places and we've been calling them fireplaces but they're really meeting places i'm trying to grow you what do you do when god puts your faith in a gym 
you work out. You work out. You work out. This is the place where your faith becomes strong. This is the place where your belief becomes strong. This is the place of not punishment, but of graduation. But in the kingdom, graduation never feels like graduation. So point number one, on a natural graduation, you have a cap and gown. But for spiritual graduations, you have a Saul and Goliath. <laughs> David, David had no idea when Samuel came and anointed him as king over Israel, that was great. But the season of your anointing is not always the season of your announcement. Uh, that's a word for somebody. Because some of us, you have oil. You have been anointed in the pasture and you're going to the palace. But God has you tarrying in the pasture because there's some strength I have to add to your faith. The season of your anointing is not the same season of your announcement. He had no idea he would have to deal with the Saul. He had no idea he had to deal with the Goliath. And you're like, okay, but how is that graduation, Jerry? I, I, I'm not following you. When David defeated Goliath, he graduated from David the shepherd boy to David the giant slayer. It didn't feel like graduation because it came with the fight. But in the kingdom, graduation never feels like graduation. What do you do when God places your faith in the gym? You work out. Point number two, a natural graduation, you walk across the stage. A spiritual graduation, your walk becomes a stage. God is looking for stages. But for many of us, we have been so caught up trying to be like the crowd that we forfeit being the stage. Do you have a life, a singleness, a marriage, or a ministry where Jesus could stand on so that the crowd could see him? What do you do? When God places your faith in a gym, you work out. Number three, natural graduations come with a degree. Spiritual graduations come with adversity. This is so good. Spiritual graduations come with adversity. You're going to grow from this. I'm going to have you go in a fiery furnace and you're going to meet me. You coming out without smelling like smoke is going to cause people to look to me. It's not even about the fireplace. It's about us having a meeting place. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit, apostles. So go back to the place where they oppose our message. Go back to the place where they killed me. Go back to the place where there's injustice and racism. And that's where I'm going to give you power. What do you do when God puts your faith in a gym? You work out. A natural graduation, you get gifts. A spiritual graduation, you get oil. You're going to grow from this. Some of us, you don't even recognize that you're going to come out of 2020 more oily than you have ever been. 2021, you're just going to be breaking stuff, just breaking stuff. But if you didn't get crushed, you wouldn't have had this oil. And everybody wants to be anointed, but nobody wants to be crushed. And last, we'll end with this. Natural graduations, you throw your cap. Spiritual graduations, you close the gap. There is this gap and this gulf between the next level you and the current level you. And many times when God wants us to see our muscular next level self, 
he allows the discomfort of a 2020 type of situation, the discomfort of a hardship to happen so that you can work out your joy, you can work out your focus, you can work out your confidence. This is not to punish you. This is to graduate you. So God, would you give us hearts and perspectives that look to you? You're not punishing us, but we recognize in the kingdom, graduation never feels like graduation. And God, we honor you and we just ask that you help us to understand that maybe this is not a fireplace, but it's a meeting place. Maybe this is not a hard place. It's also a power place because for what you need us to do in the earth and for our next assignment, we're going to need Holy Spirit power. So would you fill us and would you use us? so that we could turn the world upside down for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.